Fantastic. How good is God, hey? Is it good to be in the house of God? Congratulations to little Emma Jane and Nate as well. How awesome is that? Dedicating kids to God and the parents making a commitment to God. And exciting news about the building as well. It's not a done deal. We still have to sign the contract. We still need funds to come in. We still need finance approval. We still need council approval. But it is looking good. We wouldn't announce it if it wasn't looking good. We're super excited. It's 15 minutes north. As Jacob said, we've been looking from Belcatta uh, to Clarkson and inland to Lansdale and Wangara. Didn't even have my eyes on Nerebuk at all. But, you know, when God puts his hand on something, he puts his hand on something. And when he opens a door, he opens a door. And uh, so we'll go where God leads. But we need your faith. Um, there's still a faith aspect as well. We need God to do his miracle. So if you can be praying into that, that'll be fantastic. Amen. Let's get into the word, hey. I've had so much fun already. It's quarter two. Uh, I won't preach for long, don't worry. But the title of my message uh, is titled Intentional. And uh, some of you may know that many years ago, I struggled with a drug addiction uh, for many years. And so by the age of 24, my life was a complete mess. I was suicidal. Uh, I was completely addicted to drugs. I was in trouble with the police, drink driving, assault, etc. All that stuff that comes with reckless living and drug addiction and, and drinking too much and all of that. And so my family... Uh, had completely distanced themselves from me, rightly so, rightly so. I was abusive, I was a pain in the neck and they needed to say, hang on this far and no further. Uh, we can't put up with your stuff right now. And so um, I didn't really care to be honest. I was hopelessly addicted to drugs and all I cared about was uh, waking up and today where am I going to get money from to get more drugs so that I can just function uh, as a person basically. That was my, what my life consisted of. You know, looking back, you know, you can see that I was trying to escape reality. I was trying to uh, cover up pain and hurt and confusion. And also, I was searching for something. I was searching for a purpose and a reason to live. I, I didn't understand that you could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I knew of God because I went to a Catholic school and they talked about this big God in the sky. But I didn't know that you could know him. I didn't know that you could be in a personal relationship with your heavenly father. And life does not make sense until you're in that relationship, until you're back home with your daddy God, Abba God. Life doesn't make sense until then, until you're in that relationship with him. And so it didn't matter how much my family tried to help me and they did everything that they could, but it didn't matter how much they tried to help me. And it wasn't until I decided that I wanted to get better. It wasn't until I decided that I wanted to get better that I began to see change in my life. And I remember going to the doctors and I said to the doctor, I said, look, I'm addicted to drugs. I said, I need help. I said, I want to get off drugs. Can you please help me? And he looked directly at me and he said, you will either grow up or you will die. So I went on my way deciding whether to be offended or not. <laughs> I was like, I, just, I was hoping for some help here, mate. <laughs> Grow up or die. But as I went on my way, I began to realise that the ball was actually in my court. That the decision was mine and mine alone to be made. That I had to make this choice for myself. It didn't matter what other people wanted for me. It, it didn't matter how much they were begging for me to change my life. 
it didn't matter what they said. It wasn't until something rose up within me that I said, hey, I'm sick of this life and I choose to get better. I want to change my life. With that, though, was going to come effort and structure and people positioned around me to help me in this new life that I was chasing. So fast forward uh, 10 years from that point, fast forward 10 years from that point, and I had completed um, a rehabilitation program. And I then was completely uh, off drugs and alcohol. I'd completely turned my life around. And, and, and I was now working for the organisation that saved my life, Adult and Teen Challenge. And I was married to my tall, dark and handsome, <laughs> who I met there. No relationships there, by the way. It was all above board, don't worry. Uh, we had three kids, family of my own, like I always wanted. I just wanted a family that stayed together. And the dog, the house, you build a house. And life was good. All glory to God. All glory to God. However, after many years of serving God and being faithful in a lot of other areas, there was still something missing. There was still a piece of me that was unfulfilled. Uh, uh, there was just something, there was just this, this lack of something. You see, I wasn't doing what I knew I was meant to be doing. I knew I was meant to be doing something and I wasn't doing it. And I'll tell you what it is. For many years, I was asked to, to speak at different um, places, you know, uh, fundraisers, engage, uh, different engagements, rotary clubs in schools, um, different places I was asked to speak at. And basically, it was to share my testimony. It was to share about the good things that God had done in my life, to testify to his goodness, to say that, that Jesus came into my life and he set me free. He set me free. He set me free from drugs and alcohol. He gave me peace and joy and, and all those good things. And that's what I was being asking to share. I was asked to share that stuff. Except my answer was always no. My answer was always no. You see, I had a huge fear of public speaking. I'm talking crippling, staying in my room and cry. <laughs> you know, like can't do a role play, play with two other people. Uh, can't even answer the phone, this huge crippling fear of public speaking. You know, I was, I was too scared. I was too selfish, really. I was too selfish because I was consumed with self. It was about me and my comfortable little box and I didn't want to step out of it. I didn't want to step out of it. And so I said, no, no, I'm sorry. I don't do speaking. I just speak one-on-one. -on -one. I don't do crowds or, you know, people, this. I don't do that. And, uh, but I eventually got to a place where the pain of unfulfillment <coughs> became too much to bear. The pain of unfulfillment became too much to bear. And so I knew I had a choice to make. I could keep running. I could keep running and be miserable because I, as much as I had everything I wanted, everything, but it was this, still this thing in me. And so I could keep running and be miserable or I could grow up, or I could grow up. I could face my fears. I could work through my issues. Once again, <laughs> I worked through a lot of issues in the program, and you just never stops, right? Keep working through your stuff. And I had to realise that life wasn't about me. Who cares how I feel? It's not about me. 
It was about God and his people and what God was calling me to do. And people needed to hear the hope of Jesus Christ. They needed to know that a life could be changed. You could be in the gutter and it could change completely with Jesus Christ. It's about making a difference in the lives of other people. It wasn't about me and I had to understand that. I had to get that revelation. Whoever said it was about me, it's about others. It's about making a difference in the lives of others. And so fast forward 10 years or maybe a little bit more, but I'm not going to tell you because you could work out my age. But anyway, fast forward, fast forward another around about 10 years to today. And God is still challenging me, still. Stay comfortable, stay self-consumed, stay in your little box where there's no risks or grow up. And much like the doctor was urging me to grow up back when I was broken and with just nothing left within me, God is urging me still to grow up today. And you know that growth never stops. That growth never stops. You know, one of our values here at Everyday Church is personal growth. It's who we are. It's what we believe in. Myself and Jacob and our leadership team, our core, it's what we commit to. We commit to growth. We commit to taking responsibility for our own growth. It's so integral. It's so important spiritually, emotionally and physically. It's important that we take responsibility for that and we're committed to growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And, you know, we're all challenged by God to grow up, all of us. We are all challenged by God to grow up. It's not part of his plan for us to stay the same. It's not. He wants us to grow in him. We're all challenged to grow in the word. We're challenged to grow in prayer. We're challenged to grow in our giving. We're challenged to grow in our serving. We're challenged to to grow in stepping out. We're challenged to grow in answering the call of God upon our lives. We're challenged to do that. We're challenged to grow in the fruits of the Spirit kindness, goodness, peace, self-control, long-suffering. You got your tall, dark and handsome, but they're still long-suffering. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're challenged to work on our marriages. We're challenged to work on our relationships with our children. We're challenged before we get married, right? <laughs> There's challenges. We're challenged to grow in these areas. We're challenged in the way we respond and react to people. I don't always get it right. We're challenged in that area. We are called to go after spiritual maturity as people, as God's people. You know, and it's not just for the super Christians. It's not just for the pastors. It's not just for the Christians that have been Christians for 5,000 years. It's not just for them. It's for everybody. We are all called to grow up in him. Ephesians 4.14 in the Amplified, it says this, so that we are no longer children, spiritually immature, it's in there, (laughs) Uh, tossed back and forth like ships on a stormy sea and carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine. We'll jump to verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, In all things, both our speech and our lives expressing his truth, let us grow up in all things into him, following his example, who is the head Christ. The ultimate goal of spiritual growth 
is to become like Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? Romans 8, 9 says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. But you know what? Spiritual growth doesn't just happen automatically. Just because we say we are Christian doesn't mean that we are growing spiritually. Just because we have uh, given our heart to Jesus Christ and say that we believe in God uh, doesn't mean that we are automatically growing spiritually. Uh, Philippians 2.12 says this, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And so it says work out your salvation. It's not a done deal. Just like the Nerebut building is not a done deal. It's like work out your salvation. It's a process which must first start with a choice, which brings me to my first point, and that is growth is a choice. Growth is a choice. We have to first decide that we want to change, that we want to grow spiritually. That's the first decision that we have to decide. We, we have to decide ourselves that we don't want to stay the same. We have to make that decision uh, that we want to work out our salvation. You know, just as much as I decided myself that I wanted to turn my life around and that I wanted to get off drugs, it was my decision. The ball was in my court. It's the same with spiritual growth. We have to decide it for ourselves. Only you can make that decision. Only you. People can't make us grow. They can recommend it. They can encourage it. They can come alongside us. They can say, here, come this way. This is the way to go. Uh, But they can't make us grow. If you don't want to grow, you won't grow. You don't have to grow. If you don't choose to grow, if I don't, then I stay the same. We won't grow. That's why there's so many Christians, can I say, that have gotten older without growing up. There's many Christians that have aged but not grown up in God spiritually. And I say that respectfully and politely. This is the word of God. This is why Paul, the apostle, encouraged the Jewish Jewish Christians in the book of Hebrews, he encouraged them to grow up. This is what it says in Hebrews, I can't speak, Hebrews, I'm back to to the old days. (laughs) Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. So come on, let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. This is the word of God, the message Bible. Yes, it's the word of God. Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place. God helping us will stay true to all that. But there's so much more. Let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. He was almost begging them to make a choice. He was so excited for their future, but they had to make the decision for themselves. Uh, And it was going to involve a renewing of the mind. It always involves a renewing of the mind, changing the way you think. That's what repentance is, just changing the way you think, to, to not thinking how you've always thought, to thinking the way God thinks. And that's why it's so important that it's your decision because no one can do that for you. It's only you that can put in that effort and that hard work because it's your mind. It's you and God. People can come alongside and support and offer this and do that and da-da-da and blah, blah, blah. 
but it's only you that can do it. And so he, Paul was encouraging the Jewish Christians. He's like, you need to renew your mind. You know, you've got to cut off ties with old tradition. They had old, they had traditions that they were trying to hold on to. They had mindsets that they were trying to hold on to. And he was urging them and begging them to, to cut that off, to let it go and to move forward into all that God had for them. They were, they were trying to do things the way they had always done things. They were trying to do things their way. And, and, and Paul the Apostle was trying to say, no, that's how you used to do it, but this is God's way now. You, you need to come this way now. We're doing things this way now. And he was encouraging them to, to, to stop conforming to their own culture and to release it and move into what God had for them. They were being so reluctant. Anybody reluctant? I'm such a reluctant person stepping into I mean, it took me 10 years to get up and, and praise God, my mentor's like, right, we're dealing with this issue. Get in the car. We're driving to the Rotary Club and you're going to get up there and say thank you. I've given Team Challenge a check and you're going to get up there and say thank you. And I remember doing it and, I, and my first thought was, I didn't die. I'm still alive. That was my first step. Praise God for people that he puts around us that annoy us sometimes, but we need them. They encourage us and they push us forward into the things of God. Amen? And so these Jewish Christians were in their comfort zone and they needed to move out of their comfort zone and into all that God had for them. You know, growth comes when we move out of our comfort zones. No one ever grows staying comfortable. Not much growth happens when we're in our comfortable little place. Very little growth happens when we're comfortable. Are you comfortable? <laughs> I think about um, Caleb and Joshua. I have a son called Caleb. I love it. Uh, and uh, I think about them and, and their story. And I think about how they got sent into the promised land with 10 other spies. And they got told to check out the land. Uh, and come back and give me a report. And this is Moses speaking. And so they all went out, 12 spies, they went out and checked out the land and they all came back. But 10 of the spies came back and they said this. They said, we can't do it. They said, the cities are huge. They're well protected. The people there are fierce. The giants are huge. Our enemies are too big and we will not defeat them. We should not go. We cannot do it. That's what they came. But even though God had said it is theirs, the land is yours, they said, no, we cannot do it. There's no way. You know what they said? They said, let's pick a new leader. Poor Moses, just doing what God said. Let's pick a new leader and let's go back to Egypt. That's what they said. They would have rather have gone back to what they knew, to where they were comfortable, even though they were miserable, because they were miserable back then, if you remember. But they would have rather have gone back there than move forward into what God was saying was their next step. And even though God had said, it's yours, I'm giving it to you. I'm with you. I'm on your side. They're like, nah, we can't do it. Let's go back to Egypt. Give us a new leader. They had a choice to make. Stay comfortable with what they know or get out of their comfort zone to what God was calling them to. And one of the 
uh, issues identified here with these 10 spies that chose not to go into the promised land, that they chose not to. God was giving them land to take, just like possibly he could be giving to us to, to, to take land, to, to expand, to take territory. I mean, that's that, and he was, he was giving that to them. But one of the reasons they chose not to do it, uh, we see in Numbers uh, chapter 13, verse 33, it was about how they felt about themselves. It says this, it says, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. It says, next to them we felt like grasshoppers and that's what they thought too. In essence, what they were saying was, is they felt inferior. They, they felt ill-equipped. They felt inadequate. They were comparing themselves to the people, to the people that were there and, and they were falling short in their own eyes. And they even made assumptions of what other people were thinking too. And so that was part of the reason is why they didn't step into the promised land. It was because of the way they viewed themselves, the way, the way they looked at themselves, the way they, they thought of themselves. You know, some of us don't move out of our comfort zones because we think we can't do it. We think we can't do it. We have a, a, a certain view about ourselves. We compare ourselves to other people. You know, comparison is a killer. I do it. It's a killer. And, and they were comparing themselves. You know, we don't put ourselves out there uh, because we view ourselves a certain way. We don't think we can do what God is calling us to do. And so we stay the same. We stay in our comfortable little box where it's comfy. You get out the salt and vinegar chips and the, and the chocolate and the little blankie. <laughs> I'm speaking to myself. That's, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. And I'd rather do that than step into, God, what you're calling me to. Even though I'm a little bit miserable and unfulfilled and whinging and carrying on, but I still want to do that. And step into what you're calling me into. That's what the spies were doing. None of us, of course. The spies were doing that. Instead, we need to have the same spirit that Caleb and Joshua had. They were the only two spies that came back with a positive report. The only two. Two of the 12. They said, 100% we can do it. 100% we can surely take this land. Why? Because God said... Why? Because God is giving it to us. Why? Because our God is with us. If our God is for us, who can be against us? That was their attitude. That was their attitude. And they, they were like, 100%, let's move it out, out of our comfort zone and let's go to the next level. They had faith in God. They trusted God. They knew God had spoken and they were moving in that. And so growth is a choice. It's a choice to grow. Uh, we have to want to grow and then we decide to grow and then we need to make an effort to grow, which brings me to my second point, that growth is intentional. Growth is intentional. You know, once we choose that we want to grow and then, then we need to be intentional about that growth. It's so key. It's so important. Uh, it doesn't, again, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen automatically. Growth requires commitment and effort. You know, I didn't just get off drugs because I decided I wanted to get off drugs. It took a lot of hard work. It took effort, blood, sweat 
and tears. It took two years of rehabilitation, of hard work and commitment. And I had to commit to the program. I didn't get to do the program how I wanted to do the program. I had to do the program how the program was, as is. It wasn't about how I felt. I don't feel like getting out of bed at 7 o'clock this morning, going down for breakfast, coming back and doing my quiet time, then doing my chores and then doing class and work period and the list goes on. But the program works. That's how you've got to do it. The program works. We trust in the program. The program works. So I had to commit to the program. I had to commit to God's way because I know where my way took me. <laughs> the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. And so it's a process. Two years I was in rehabilitation. It wasn't just because I chose to get off drugs. It wasn't just because I choose I want to get better now. And the doctor's like, grow up or die. Nice, okay. We need to figure this out right now. It was a process. It doesn't happen automatically. And it's the same with spiritual growth. It, it's a commitment to process. It's called sanctification sanctification it's a commitment to to God's way it's a commitment to becoming like Jesus Christ from glory to glory you read the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory ever increasing not ever incre ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is this the spirit but we have to be intentional. You know, I've heard Rick Warren, the pastor of Saddleback Church in California, say this, spiritual growth is too important to be left to circumstance. Are we leaving it to circumstance? Jacob was sharing the other night at our Welcome to Everyday Dinner where we had um, a bunch of uh, new guests, new people to our church come along. It was an amazing night. And he was sharing how people just want to grow organically. I'll just go with the flow and whatever happens, I'll just grow organically. He said weeds grow organically. They're the only things that grows without cultivation. There's a process. There's a structure. There's a way of doing things. And you know what? A lot of the time it's not our way. I know it's heartbreaking. <laughs> I feel the flesh dying as I speak. The right growth is intentional. What we saw this morning, the amazing kids being dedicated to the Lord, that is intentional. That is we choose to raise our children in the ways of God and dedicating their children to God. They're intentional about that. When you get baptised, that you're being intentional about making that decision. Uh, you're, you're putting action to your words. To become like Jesus Christ uh, results from what we commit ourselves to. And you know we can all commit ourselves to a lot of things. I mean there's so many things that are trying to grab our attention that we could commit to. But what we commit to is what we become. If we want to become like Jesus Christ, we need to commit to the things that are going to help us grow in that area. It's so key. It's so important. We all have the same amount of time. But are we committing to the right things? And again, it's your decision because it's going to involve a renewing of your mind and only you and God can do that. It, it's only you and God, a renewing of the mind. Are we committed to reading God's word? Are we committed to God's house when you can physically be here and you're not isolating and have COVID, of course? 
Are we committed to giving into God's house? You can give your money to a lot. Are you committed to giving into God's house? Are you committed to sitting in his presence? I struggle sometimes. I want to get moving. I've got to do the run sheet and do the rosters and do this and do that. But um, am I committed to sitting in God's presence and just being, just being and not doing? We're human beings, Joyce Meyer says. We're not human doings. We're human beings, being in God's presence. Are we committed to prayer? You know, when you're just like, I mean, I've had a great weekend, but I just had to, after it's all said and done, I needed to go for my prayer walk, you know, yesterday about four or five o'clock because you get a little bit whatever and you just got to, you're committed to prayer. There comes breakthrough. You're praying in tongues and you're walking past people and they're wondering what you're doing, but you don't care because you're committed. Amen? That's if you pray in tongues. Uh, it won't just happen. We have to make the effort. We become what we are committed to. And that's why we have growth groups here at Everyday Church. Yes, it's a shameless plug. We have growth groups here at Everyday Church. Why? To grow. To grow. Are you committing yourself to that? They are for growth. And we grow in relationships. I don't care what anyone says. You cannot grow in isolation. You can, and there's no excuse for our online family either. We have online growth groups. You cannot grow in isolation. You grow in fellowship. I was talking to Amanda and Paul, uh, or to Amanda with husband Paul, uh, just this week, and they run one of our growth groups. And um, she was saying that she gives her, they give their group not homework, but growth work. And I thought that was pretty cool. Growth work. You can choose to do it or not do it, you can choose to go or not go. But the decision's yours. What are you committed to? Are you committed to growth? It's, it's up to you. What are you committed to? And we find what type of commitment we need in Romans 6.13. You can come, Daniel, if you don't mind. It says this, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. You were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. The key we find there is, is it says, give yourselves completely to God. Give yourselves completely to God. That is spiritual maturity, offering up every part of yourself to God. He just doesn't want some of you. He wants all of you. He wants everything. He wants complete surrender. And it's a journey, it's a process that he continues to work with you on as you commit to that process. Growth is intentional. It's first a choice and then it is intentional. And that is so key. He wants us to follow him wholeheartedly. He wants us to find this life in him completely. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. This is what uh, the name of our church is based on. This scripture, it says this. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. This is where it's key that we capture those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. And can I just say where it says fix your intention, attention on God, that's where you need to be intentional. 
It's not just going to happen because I tell you what, the devil doesn't want your attention fixed on God. So he's going to do everything he can to pull you otherwise. So we have to determine, we have to be intentional about fixing our attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you amen amen and so the question is is have you decided to grow have you have you made that decision have you left it to circumstance what are you doing to grow what are you committed to these are questions you can answer yourself as you're thinking where is God challenging you to step out of your comfort zone he's always challenging us in an area Are you too comfortable? How is God urging you to grow up in him? Is it giving? Is it serving? Is it reading the Bible? Is it praying? Is it working on your marriage? Is it doing a parenting course? Whatever it may be. Where where is God? What what area is he putting his finger on in this area? You know, God has plans for you personally. He has plans for you personally. Not the person next to you. For you personally, this is for you. This word is for you. And he has plans for you personally. Whether you know God or not, he has a plan for you. He has plans to outwork in your life. He has promotions to give you. He wants to increase your finances even. I know that might blow your mind, but that's what he wants to do. He wants to prosper you. He wants to to give you more than you could ever dream, dare, hope or ask for. This is the kind of God that we serve. This is him. And it's for you personally. He has so much for you, but he needs you to step into the promised land. He needs you to be intentional. What step do you need to take? I know Jesus Christ took a step for us, didn't he? He took a step to the cross. He died a horrific death, rose again so that we could step into it. Church, will you say yes? Will you say yes? God is calling us even as a church, not just personally, but as a church to step out of our comfort zone. Maybe we've got a little bit comfortable here in, here in Pabri, particularly if you don't do set up. <laughs> You're comfy particularly those that live in Pabri. It's comfortable. Five minutes to ten, plenty of time. (laughs) No problem. We're comfortable. But God's calling us. God's calling us possibly into a new land where there's new people, people that don't know Jesus Christ, people that he wants us to reach. And whether we've got to drive five, ten or fifteen minutes, I know it's on the cusp, fifteen minutes, will we say yes? Will we step out of our comfort zone into all that he has for us? God has a plan for our church. And you know, a lot of the time, again, like with me, it's not about me. It's not about you per se. It is about you, but it's not about you. That's God. I know. Go, you, you give, but somehow you get more. It doesn't make sense. It's the upside down kingdom, right? That's why it's so important that we renew our minds. but it's about others. It's always about others. It's about the generations. 
It's about those that are coming after us. It's about those that are on the other side of our obedience. Because as we step out, there's people on the other side that are waiting to hear the good news, that are waiting to be impacted by the gospel, that are waiting to step into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Why don't you bow your heads? You know, one of my first steps uh, in this process of spiritual maturity was to first give my heart to Jesus Christ. That was the very first step. Um, Before anything else, I had to surrender my life to him. Um, I entered the program on the 21st of February 2001 and I gave my heart to Jesus Christ six days later on the 27th of February 2001. And this was the start of spiritual maturity for me. But it had to be the first step, giving my heart to Jesus Christ. And I prayed a simple prayer and we can pray that prayer this morning. I can pray it with you. If you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you know the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so we're going to pray, church. I'm going to pray with you. And if that's you, why don't you pray it as you mean it from your heart for the very first time. Church, if you follow after me, if you're online as well, if you follow after me in your lounge room there, wherever you are. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus, that he died on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins, wash me clean, and today I choose to make you Lord of my life. From this day forward, I choose to walk with you. Lord, have your way in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your heads bowed. I'm just going to pray for everyone right now. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, if you prayed it for the very first time, why don't you lift your hand if you're in the building or if you're online, if you let us know in the comments and would love to connect with you. I'll just give you a few more moments. If there's anyone in the building that prayed that prayer for the very first time, just lift your hand and I'd love to pray with you. If you're online, if you can just comment um, and we would love to connect with you. I'm just going to pray for all of us now. Lord, I just thank you uh, for your word this morning. I thank you uh, that you love us so much that you just don't want us to stay the same. I thank you that you call us further into all that you have for us. I thank you, Father God, that, that even though you call us and you ask us to step out of our comfort zone, that you are with us the whole way, that you hold our hand. And we thank you for that. We give you all glory. We give you all praise. Uh, We commit and we're intentional. We are a church and a people that are intentional about our growth in you, that we would grow up spiritually in you. And we thank you that you lead us and that you guide us every single day. And every day we choose to get up and offer ourselves to you as living sacrifices. We give you all glory. We give you all praise. We thank you for who you are. Amen. Amen. Well, we're just going to worship one more song maybe if we can. Is that all right, Dan? Why don't you stand to your feet? If anyone would like prayer for anything, please come forward. We'd love to pray for you. But let's worship the King, hey? Are you awake? Are you there? Let's worship the King.